Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help, I need somebody. Help, not just anybody. Help, you know I need someone. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to episode 117 of Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. I'm a physician trained in Britain, living in Canada, and who's worked in the U.S. And since retiring from medical practice, I've become an activist for family caregiving. Our topic today is, a, is this, Powerhouse Project Young Carers Initiative. Now, to talk about Powerhouse Project Young Carers Initiative, our guests are Angela Arsenio and Brianna Kane. Um, Angela has a B.A in sociology with a minor in women's studies and criminology. Her undergraduate thesis was inspired by her own experience as a young carer and was titled Mothering Through the Pain, Experiences of Mothers with Chronic Illness. She's now the manager of the Powerhouse Project, which has the mission to support the well-being of young carers by addressing the needs of the entire family. Um, Angela's worked as a street outreach worker with homeless and at-risk youth and at AIDS Niagara as an education and outreach coordinator. Her volunteer experience includes women's shelters, acting as a big sister, that's capitalized big and sister, work with the crisis line with the sexual assault center in St. Catharines. And she feels passionately about raising awareness of young carers in her community. Brianna Kane is 18 years old. Um, she attends St. Michael High School in Niagara Falls. She has two older brothers. One is training to become a doctor, and the younger brother has Down syndrome and works for her mother at home. Her father is chief of police, and her mother owns a business. Um, Brianna is assistant coach to her younger brother's hockey team and a big sister to a 12-year-old girl named Maddie. Maddie has floating harbor syndrome. That's a rare genetic disorder, and Maddie is a big part of Brianna's life. Singing and writing are Brianna's passions, and she also loves to hike, snowboard, and swim. And she's recently been accepted at college to study event planning. So, welcome to the show, Angela and Brianna. Thank um, you. Good to have you here, and we've got lots of questions for you. Mm -hmm. So, let me 
with Angela, first of all. Please tell us more about your background in family caregiving and also your career. Angela? Well, I think I would start by talking about that um, when I was young, my mother had a chronic illness. Um, It's a rare condition called transverse spinal myelitis, but it presents a lot like MS. So as I was a youngster, she would have periods of being well and very unwell. So I did a lot of caregiving in the home, assisting her with her um, day-to-day living. I have three younger brothers and sisters, so I was very involved um, in taking care of them as my mom became more ill. And I think that inspired me to go into the line of work um, that I did. Um, Both my parents are also hearing impaired, so I always joke that I'm the world's most perfect child um, because every interpretation of the world came through me. So, so, you know, I was their rose-colored glasses, I guess. Um, And, you know, it really changed the dynamics of our relationship and kind of made me kind of the boss in a lot of ways. And so, you know, I had a very different kind of childhood, um, a very fantastic childhood, but very different. Um, And I think that kind of inspired me to get into sociology and social work and and working with um, the at-risk populations that I worked with. So all my my work has been with at-risk youth primarily, and I think that's why I enjoyed it so much because of my, um, my background. Right. Brianna, tell us more about you and how you became involved in caregiving, and was it through your own family that you became involved? Um, Yes, it was through my own family. I have a brother who's 23. He has Down syndrome, and um, I've always loved helping out with him and trying to show him, you know, different things to do around the house, and um, he's always been very active, so he participates in almost a new activity every single day. Um, He's actually away right now on an activity, but... um, I always loved going to his meets, his swim meets, and watching his hockey practice. And about four years ago, I um, started helping out with his hockey practice. And I've slowly became um, one of the uh, main volunteers to go. And uh, I look forward to it every week. It's, you know, it's a great opportunity. And I had somebody at my school who unfortunately passed away last year, and he has a little sister named Maddie. Maddie is 12 years old. She has uh, floating harbor syndrome. And basically the syndrome, to sum it up, is a whole bunch of um, disabilities all in one. She's a huge inspiration to me. We always make each other smile, always make each other laugh. So We'll come back to some of those things, Brianna, but thank you. Same story with both of you. That is, it was the family experience that began your involvement, but you've both gone on from there, so to speak. So, Angela, please now tell us about the Powerhouse Project. Sure. Um, the Powerhouse Project is a nonprofit agency. Um, we offer a variety of services and activities to empower young caregivers and their families. Um, So the idea is that we're supporting the entire family by considering the needs of everyone in it. Um, Our young caregivers um, may be supporting a parent, a grandparent, or a sibling with an illness or disability. So we want to give them time where um, kids can be kids is kind of our byline, where they can be free of some of the responsibilities of the home. And we also want to offer them social, leisure, um, educational, skill development opportunities. So we have workshops to develop practical skills. We do fun things like crafts and games. We offer some homework help. 
Um, we run special events where we try to offer things that um, if your parent is ill, it might be difficult for them to do. For example, um, rock climbing. Um, and we also want to provide them an opportunity to meet other young caregivers or young carers um, so that they don't feel isolated and alone and they can benefit from that peer support. So that's who Powerhouse Project is. And you're the manager of it? I manage it, yes. That's how lucky I am. <laughs> Very good. Brianna, how and why did you get involved with the Powerhouse Project? Um, well, my school re- recommended it. Um, I was... Uh, just because of helping out with my brother. I've, I have a, a group of friends, but um, it was nice to finally go out and meet some more people. Uh, so just my school counselor suggested it. And it's been, I've been in it for about a year and a half, two years, and it's, it's a great opportunity. So, Has that experience with Powerhouse influenced you in what you're going to do next in your career? That is, you're going to college and you're going to go into event planning. Is there any feedback, so to speak, from the Powerhouse project into your new career, or is it something totally different? Um, well, actually, on the first, uh, one of the first activities uh, that I was involved in was uh, photography, and they really got me to open up my eyes and really see through the lens, which is what the group was called. Um, so I've, I've really been um, experimenting with that, and I might pursue it a little bit more. So it's it's always um, that's always fun. So right, right. Uh, back to you, Angela. Um, you you it's part of the things that that I read out that you are helping young carers, young caregivers, uh, and also the the family as a whole. Please tell us more about the way in which. Um, the Powerhouse Project and, and the young caregivers uh, work with families as well as the individual who, the child or the person who needs the help. Well, typically with families, a lot of our families anyway, um, they are feeling um, burdened and stressed by um, the caregiving and the needs of the person with illness in the home. Um, and they need you know, they need, a, they need an ear. They need that support. So part of what our staff um, does for the families is act as a, a regular connection with them so that they have that opportunity to, to vent, to brainstorm, to grieve, to share some ideas. So we are not social workers here. There's a few social workers on staff, but not all of us. So it's more of an informal sort of way. But in doing that, we can help them um, be guided into other services if that's what they need. Um, Some of them are not connected, have not been connected prior to, you know, being a member of the Powerhouse Project with other agencies. So we can kind of redirect families that are needing more support. Um, But if if an ear is what they need, then we can provide that for um, the parent or the guardian as well as the services for the child. And whenever we're... um, determining what kinds of things we need to do as a, as a project, we're talking to not only the young carers, but also to the parents, too, to see what some of their needs are as well. Um, for parents, knowing that their, their children are participating in a, in a safe and worthwhile endeavor, um, such as ours, gives them peace of mind, gives them breaks. So it's respite for um, parents and guardians as well, um, because we provide transportation in many cases. So you know, just being that extra um, support to the extended family. 
Brianna, just to ask you about Maddie's family, are you um, involved, do you personally get involved in the kind of things that Angela has just been talking about, that is supporting the, the family, or are you just involved with, only involved with Maddie and helping and working with her? Um, no, I've actually, I've uh, grown to really get to know her family, and um, like I said, her, her older brother passed away um, about a year ago, two years ago, and she also lost her mother. So it's just, it's her and her father, and um, so I just, I like to go in and give him a break and take her out of the house and take her to see new experiences that, you know, she would, she has a friend to go to. Um, she always gets a big, huge smile when I come in the face and or when I come in the door, and uh, it's just it's just a way to give him a, a little breather from her for a couple of hours. At least I try to go every once a week. So I've, I've developed a strong relationship with her, her whole family, well, with her family. So, so. this f- family aspect is really quite important or even fundamental to the kind of work that the Powerhouse Project is doing. But the key to the whole thing is the young caregivers with some of the shall I call them professional caregivers one way or another uh, behind them to help also with the family. Um, Just very quickly, Angela, because we've got to go into a break. Am I correct in what I just said? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay, that's great. Now, um, we do have to pay the rent here, so it is time for us to take a short break. This is Dr. Gordon Adderley, and my guests are Ar- Angela Arsenio and um, Brianna Kane. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Please stay with us. We're coming back. behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host. For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Are you happy with the management and leadership style of your organization? Do you think it could use some improvement? No matter the level of leadership at your organization, you'll be sure to learn something new when you tune in to Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. Through a unique lecture and interview format, We'll bring you ideas, questions, and answers that will help you run any organization, whether for-profit or not. Listen every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business. Just because you're a kid doesn't mean you don't have an important voice to be heard. You are our future, and you need a forum to be heard. Tune in to American Pulse on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll talk to the student leaders of America and find out what they're doing to make a difference today. You'll be inspired to start working now for a brighter future later. American Pulse is heard live every Monday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Kids channel. It's time to lead by example. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. 
If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. You know I need someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at M-Y-M-O-N-A-M-I dot com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Angela Arsenio and Brianna Kane. Our topic is Powerhouse Project Young Carers Initiative. So now let's talk about the things that young carers do. Um, Brianna, first of all, please tell us more about the things that you do as a young caregiver for Maddie, for for whom you are, as I understand it, a big sister. Um, Well, with Maddie, I like to take her out to uh, new experiences. So depending if the weather is nice, we'll go out to the park and spend a few hours at the park or um, I'll just, I'll bring her to my house and she's very picky with what she eats. So I get her to try new foods and she has to sit there until she finishes eating. And um, we just, we like going for walks and I take her to movies every once in a while. Um, Just try to give her uh, a different experience on life. So, Brianna, I, you call yourself, or you're called formerly a big sister, but are to some extent you acting as a mom for Maddie? Is that would that be true? Um, I don't, I don't like to, yeah, I don't like to think of it as like at that. But um, I've never had a big sister, so I just, I thought that uh, she, since she lost her brother, she'd need a older sibling, and so I guess I try to take on that role and give her. Um, some rules and just some common sense whenever she's out. So I'm just dwelling on this because I think it's a very important point. In other words, this role of big sister is there to guide and to help and to support and to chat to and the rest of it. But it's not in that sense as taking over from mom. That's right, is it? Really? Um, I'm, I'm not sure, actually. Okay, interesting. We'll perhaps come back to that question. I know it's a difficult one, but um, uh, it's one of the kind of things that uh, I know people sometimes wonder about. So, Angela, over to you now. Please tell us about the range of things that young caregivers do generally and how and why these things are so important. Angela? When I think of, when I think of our, our um, powerhouse families, it's, it's interesting to me because, you know, there's not one face, right? There's so many different family dynamics. There's so many different illnesses and disabilities, unfortunately. Um, so there's a real range of the kinds of caregiving that um, our uh, members do. Um, it could be that um, for many of our young carers, I would say they play a supportive role for an adult. So, for example, say um, dad has cancer, is, you know, quite ill, um, mom is his caregiver, but she works outside of the home, um, you know, 
full-time to, you know, pay rent and all of those things. And so the children in the home are, you know, helping administer medications. They're doing, you know, cooking and cleaning and looking after younger brothers and sisters, um, acting as um, an emotional support. I think that's really underrated, not purposefully, but I think in our culture we don't, we don't look at that as much. But they are acting as kind of, I always joke that kids are so wonderful because they're so optimistic and they believe in everything still. And so they're infusing families that are full of stress and burden with that enthusiasm. And so I think that in itself plays a very important role. Um, but they're also doing some of the, the more, you know, meat and potatoes of caregiving, you know, like lifting with siblings who may be unable to get around or um, acting as a memory for somebody who has a dementia. You know, we have kids who um, keep an eye on grandma, for example, is what they say. So they come home right after school to make sure that um, grandma doesn't leave the home or turn on the oven, you know, those kinds of things. Um, so I would say there's um, a very wide range in what our kids do. Just to back to the question of family once more, this is what you're describing to us is uh, support for families by bringing some happiness, some enthusiasm, and some support for everyday things, mm-hmm. for everyday things into, yes. the, into the home and house. Is that right? Absolutely. And it's important because in some cases, um, if they didn't play some of those roles, like with some of the day-to-day stuff, you know, they wouldn't get done. You know, I always joke that my son, you know, he has chores that I, that I give him, but if, you know, if he doesn't do them, then, you know, mom ends up doing them. In a lot of these families, if, you know, the young caregiver doesn't do them, then it doesn't get done. And so the practical stuff would stack up around the home. And in some cases, some of these family members would end up making an admission to care a lot sooner than um, they might need to. So I think that they're keeping, they're keeping the person with illness in the home longer by providing some of these practical supports and also emotional supports too. Right. Brianna, how important to your family are the things that you do as a young caregiver for Maddie? And how important to you are those things, and why are they so important to you? Um, well, with Maddie, she's also become part of my family as much as I've become part of hers. Um, as I said, I, I bring her over for dinner, so she sits down with my family, and we all have conversations together. And although she can't talk, um, she still knows how to participate. She'll you know, she laughs all the time, and um, she's found it uh, quite hilarious when she makes fun of my dad from across the table. So um, it's very important to me that my family is just as much involved as I am um, because she has become such a big part of my life, and uh, I think they really see that. So That's also part of that sisterhood, isn't it? She's sitting around your family's table, is Maddie, as your sister. Yes, is that absolutely. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. Now, Angela, back to you. Mm-hmm. Um, what types of health challenges, you've already mentioned some of them, affect the family members or others that the young caregivers are doing things for? And you've also mentioned this, but I want you to say more about it. How important to the healthcare system are the things that the young carers do? Um, 
I would say that, um, as I mentioned, there's a lot of range. I would say that we have families um, who suffer, who have someone who suffers from a chronic illness um, where there's periods of being well and unwell, um, similar to my mom. So people with MS or lupus or HIV, um, those are some examples that come to mind, heart disease, uh, diabetes. Um, We have... um, grandparents who are acting as guardians for their grandchildren. And so, you know, they're aging um, as they would um, and kind of unable to take on some of the parenting tasks that are required of them because, you know, they have mobility issues, for example. And we also have families with more progressive kind of illnesses like dementia or um, with a number of children with a parent with Huntington's disease. Um, in most cases, those parents make an admission to care at some point, but they stay in the home as long as possible. Um, so I would say there are a wide range of mental health challenges. Um, we also do have uh, family members with mental health issues or um, managing addictions, um, and those are, are different kind of challenges in that um, I think the stigma that we attach to them in our culture makes it more challenging for them to, to seek help. Um, but whatever their health challenge is, is, is unique for every family. Um, I would say that um, the healthcare system is uh, so burdened as it is that any sort of family caregiver that's providing services that are going to keep a family member in the home longer um, is a valuable thing for not only the person with illness but also for um, for our healthcare system um, and also kind of makes the most use out of the limited at-home care that they have. So instead of having, you know, a nurse come into the home five days a week, maybe um, they only need two because they do have somebody doing um, those things on a more day-to-day basis. So I think that from a healthcare perspective, supporting the caregiver is so important because they are doing a lot of that ongoing care that would be so costly if you had to pay, you know, quote, unquote, professional to do those kinds of things. Thanks. Brian, now I want to just ask you, back to this point about helping the healthcare system with you, do you ever get the sense that you are, in fact, helping the healthcare system, or is that something that isn't really in your mind because what you feel is that it's family. Um, Maddie is part of your family. Um, Maddie is part of the the family and you're part of Maddie's family. So what about this question of the usefulness of it all to the healthcare system? What do you think? Um, It doesn't really, I don't uh, really think about the healthcare system uh, when helping out Maddie. Um, it just, I don't know, I just do it just for her. So I thought um, after her after her brother passed, I wanted to take, do something to help out the family. So it, it really just has to do with her. That's about it. Yeah. That's another very important thing that I want to just feed back to you on, Brianna, and that is that sense of that you're doing this because for you this is something important to do for a whole range of reasons. But... Whether or not the healthcare system benefits, uh, and we're all sure it does, by the way, but that's not your driving concern. Uh, it's the people, it's what they're going through, it's the stress of the family, it's all the challenges that 
uh, the individual is going through, and it's the need for help in what are very tough circumstances for everybody concerns. Is that right? Have I expressed that right to you? Yes, yes, that's absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, that's also something I'd like to say back to Angela, that sense of um, this is a powerful service done by people who actually are carers because they mm-hmm. care, but at the same time, um, this is actually subsidizing, if I dare say so, the healthcare system uh, because of the very point you made, that if people can stay at home longer before going into some kind of you know, long-term care or whatever it is, then that's saving the healthcare system money, and therefore you are helping it uh, along um, helping it, some would even say, survive. So I'm not going to get, that's a political question, so I'm not going to give you a chance to reply to that because we do, we do have to go into the break. But it's my comment back to you to say, for everybody's sake, and I'll say this again, uh, the work you're both doing and all of you are doing is profoundly important. So let's now, as I always say, pay the rent, let's take the break. This is Dr. Gordon Adelaide, my guests are Angela Arsenio and Brianna Kane. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned, we're coming back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. We are in the midst of a global sovereign debt crisis that could lead to the ultimate risk for the world economy, the removal of the U.S. dollar as the world's reserve currency. What will this event really mean to the markets? And more importantly, what does it mean for you and your family? Listen to Global Currency Watch with your host, Stephen Ayer, to get a full and objective look at the world's sovereign debt crisis and help you prepare for when the crisis envelops the United States. Global Currency Watch airs live every Thursday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. Behind the Line is all about the inside of sports from a kid's point of view. This is a look at all of the action from Behind the Line. Join your host every Wednesday at 3 p.m., whether you're a kid or was a kid at some time in your life. We'll run down all of the scores, talk about the games of the past week, and preview what's coming up in the next week. You'll want to take notes because this is good stuff. The place to be Wednesdays at 3. That's 6 p.m. Eastern is the Voice America Kids channel for Behind the Line. Do you know that over 70% of Americans with severe disabilities are unemployed? Are you one of the 2.5 million Americans with epilepsy? If you are, or know someone struggling with these issues, tune in to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. On the show, Joyce will discuss these issues as well as others. She will have on nationally known guests that will offer helpful insight on disability matters and let you, the listener, call in with your questions and concerns. So if you struggle with a disability or know someone who does, listen to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time here on VoiceAmerica.com. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. You know I need someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. 
That's doc, letter G, at M-Y-M-O-N-A-M-I dot com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Angela Arsenio and Brianna Kane. Our topic is Powerhouse Project Young Carers Initiative. Let's now talk about the challenges that young caregivers experience as caregivers and the supports they need. So, Brianna, starting out with you, what are the challenges you've faced as a young caregiver? Um. Well, as a caregiver, I'll, I'll start with Maddie. Um, it's it's hard to explain to people um, just exactly what uh, what she's like because there's just she's got such a personality, and it, it gets frustrating when um, when I'm trying to explain her to people, and they're just not understanding. They're not understanding why she doesn't speak or why she can't, you know go outside on her own or because they've never been through that experience themselves. And also um, a big challenge for me and the rest of my family is the R word. The R word has, it has a, a big, big meaning at our house. And um, it's just we, we try to use the... Mm, Try not to use certain language just because we know that although other people don't find it offensive, our, our family really does because of my brother and because of Maddie and the people that I've, I've grown up around. So, How do you work around it? How do you avoid the word? Um, I just, you know, if my friends say something, my close friends, they really know not to. And if they say it, then they, they turn to me right away and apologize. And um just if I hear somebody say it, I, I just try to correct them and say, you know, you can think of a better word for that or um, that has more meaning than you think. And a huge part of this is um, there's uh, a woman from Glee who has Down syndrome, and she did a commercial on the R word and just saying that I know what it means, so just stop using it, basically. Give me just one example of a word that you would want to be used instead of the R, R word. Oh, there's there's tons. There's um, just if someone's trying to explain a situation, they could switch it to uh, a stupid situation or you know a dumb situation. Absolutely anything else, but <laughs> but that. Fair enough, Angela. My question is <clears throat> generally. What are the challenges that young caregivers uh, experience in the work that they do? I would, I think I would start to thinking about um, my own situation in providing care for my mom when I was a teenager. And I wouldn't think, I wouldn't say that at that time that that's what I saw that it was. I didn't feel like a caregiver, but in hindsight, um, I really was. So I think one of the challenges I had was um, having less free time, um, less time to socialize with my peers, get out of the house unencumbered. Um, I felt fatigued, um, which meant schoolwork suffered sometimes. Um, it created um, anxiety for me at times because I, with an illness that um, has periods of um, up and down, I guess you could say, um, it creates an unpredictability in your home 
that can be very stressful for for kids. Um, it was stressful for me, and I do see that with the young carers that we support. Um, so I think that those are some of the challenges. I would say that um, with my mom, for example, she um, lost the ability to do lots of things that she enjoyed and, and things I enjoyed to do with her. And so there's a feeling of grief that comes with that, um, progressive grief, you know, when she wasn't able to... Um, walk long distances, you grieved that. When she wasn't able to drive anymore, you grieved that. So it was like a series of loss, which, you know, is really sad. And so it created, you know, feelings of depression in our home as well. So I would say that um, I would go out on a limb and say that for many of our young carers, the issues are the same for them. You know, they have, sometimes they have less socialization time, um, their schoolwork may be suffering because they're not focused in school. Um, they may be, because of some of the anxiety and depression, they may be feeling they're not as confident as their peers. Um, and that, you know, they feel isolated. They don't feel like, number one, they don't recognize always that what they're doing is caregiving. And number two, they don't feel like anyone else their age is doing those types of things. So they feel different. So I would say those are some significant challenges for young caregivers. Brianna, what types of help and support are or, or were most helpful to you in your experience, both, you know, with your Maddie and your family and also earlier in your family? What types of help and support were most helpful? Um, with Maddie, my school has been a huge, uh, a huge support group. Um, also, my, my parents, my parents have been um, huge supporters of what I've been doing with Maddie and um, I go to a, a National Down Syndrome conference every year, and I started going a couple years ago, and um, that really, really opened my eyes to see that, you know, there is, there's other people that know how frustrating it is sometimes dealing with people who don't, um, who don't understand disabilities, and um, so they've, we've made our own little family as, as our own, and um, just like we have with Maddie's school, Maddie goes to a special school and they give us tickets to go to a magic show and they, we find places to go, um, for free that she'll, she just enjoys for hours and hours and hours. So, yeah. I'm going to ask Angela, but it's basically the question, the same question, but in general, you know, from your experiences running the project, managing the project, what are the types of help and support that um, young, young caregivers most need generally? Um, I think they need to have a voice. I think they need their needs heard too. Um, I think they need to be recognized for the caregiving that they're doing. Um, I think... Even when they don't recognize it as caregiving, it's really important that someone, you know, helps them see how awesome they really are for what they're doing. Um, I think they do need that peer support. I think they need to connect with other young caregivers to get a sense of normalcy and, and to dialogue about things that work. Um, I think they need assistance with developing skills that are going to go the distance for them, so how to manage stress, maybe how to cook, um, you know, some of those more practical things. I think they need age-appropriate information about um, the illness and disability in their home so that they can be educated about 
um, the person that they're assisting. And I think they need, like every child and youth and adult for that matter, I think they need um, rec and leisure time like a break. You know, they need respite. They need to to run around and and de-stress. And I think those are the kinds of things young caregivers need. Brianna, let me go back to you. What about school? I mean, you're going on to you're moving on to college. Um, has getting on with the schoolwork in the situation that you're in of helping with Maddie and other things, has that got in the way of your schoolwork? And if it hasn't, what were the things that you did to stop it getting in the way? Um, well, I, I work as hard as I can at school, and it, it really hasn't gotten in the, in the way um, if anything, it's, help, it's helped me for sure. Before I started working with Maddie, I was, I was very anxious, extremely anxious, and um, I just I felt that there was more that I could do. So um, it, that definitely showed in my schoolwork. And once I started working with Maddie and doing the things that I do, um, my grades started to improve, improve I, I believe, and um, I wasn't so stressed out about school. So I take... I take about four or five hours just a weekend and on Saturdays or Sundays after I get all my schoolwork done and it's um, being with her gives a like a big distressor so um, I don't believe it's it's uh, interfered uh, with my work that way um, yeah very fair you're getting strength from the work you do as a young caregiver, which transfers into the work you have to do in school and in your career. That's what I'm hearing you say. Is that right? Exactly, yes. Yeah. 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 I'll comment to you both about all this at the end, uh, but that's a very powerful message. Angela, in, please also talk now about that schooling aspect that Brianna has been talking about. What what are the things that you come across and what are the kind of uh, kinds of advice that you give in regard to schooling? Um, I think uh, for me personally, um, when I look back to that time, um, it was about setting priorities, which I think is a little bit what Brianna was really saying is, you know, making sure that you commit to doing um, schoolwork during school time and to protect that as an important um, factor in your life. I always knew for myself that I wanted to go to university and um, to continue my education and I knew that it was important because that was going to give me the options to kind of do the things that I wanted to do. So, And I also felt free to to build it into my caregiving. I mean, I can remember um, sitting at the hospital with my mom, but uh, I brought homework with me almost every time. So I could sit and hold her hand and, you know, read my English book or, or what have you, or enlist the help of other people to um, give me a break for those critical times. So I think you have to be really vigilant about guarding um, some of your own personal time so that you don't compromise too much because that does create a lot of resentment and means you'll be less successful in important ventures like school if you're not really, really careful. Got it. Yeah. Now, um, it is time again to take the break. Um, so I'm going to um, do that right now because I want to come back to several of the points that you've both been making because they're powerful. 
So, this is Dr. Gordon Adderley. My guests are Angela Arsenio and Brian Kane. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Please stay with us. We're coming back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Do you believe in the supernatural? Well, some do and some don't, which is why Beyond the Third Dimension looks at both sides. You have one host who believes in ghosts, while the other can't think of anything more ridiculous. Put them together and you get some great discussion and some real discoveries and exploration of the paranormal, and then some. Tune in to Beyond the Third Dimension, airing Tuesdays at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. And try not to be afraid of things that go bump in the night. Are you an entrepreneur that wants to achieve more, not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways? Listen for Be More, Achieve More, inspiration for the entrepreneurial mind. With host Chris Cooper, you'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with a passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. These people are making a difference and will help give you the motivation and insight to achieve more. Be More, Achieve More can be heard live Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. You know I need someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at mymonami.com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Angela Arsenio and Brianna Kane. Our topic is Powerhouse Project, Young Carers Initiative. I want now to talk about the things you both would like to see done to promote the work of young caregivers and get them more of the support they need. So starting with you, Brianna, what more would you like to see done to promote the things young carers do and to get them more support that you believe they need? Brianna? Um, well, in schools, there's not, uh, there's not much of a support for the kids that are helping um, people with special needs or different disabilities. So you don't really, you're walking down the halls and you don't know that, you know, the person next to you is taking care of somebody that, a family member that has cancer or someone else's cousin has um, a certain disability. So I think in the schools it should, it could be promoted a bit more. Um, also with the Powerhouse program, I've, I've had a great experience. I've, I've loved it completely and, um, but I, I only found out about it about two years ago, and I think I would have I would benefit if I was if I found out about it earlier. So, but that's really that's the main um, ideas that I have from that. Okay, Angela, same question. What are the things you would like to see done to promote the things young caregivers do and to get them more support of the kind they need? Um, 
I think I loved what Brianna had to say, but just to continue on in sort of the same sort of vein, I guess, is that I would love to see us get to a place of more community awareness um, so that, you know, in our neighborhoods, we had a really good understanding of what is caregiving and that children and youth are playing significant roles in their families when people are managing illness and disability. I think we don't talk about illness and disability enough either. I don't think that there's enough understanding about what that means for people every day. I think we have a better understanding of what cancer is and how to recognize the signs of cancer, but I don't think we know how it feels to live with someone who has cancer and to see them struggle and also be assisting them. Um, And also to see the empowering sides of it too. I think people with illness and disability and their caregivers are some of the strongest people I know. And so to celebrate those strengths, I'd love to see us doing that more as, um, as a community. And I would say that it's, it's difficult for the Powerhouse Project to bridge the gap between um, agencies that serve children and then agencies that serve adults and finding kind of that bridge between the two to promote an understanding about what they do as caregivers. I think that's really tricky for us. And um, to get that buy-in from the schools, I think, would be huge because I think it would help us reach more children and youth who are in those families. Brian, just to ask you this, does the school, does your school give you any sort of special recognition for the work you do in the way of sort of, I don't marks, points, or whatever it would be called, or formal recognition uh, of the work in terms of the credits that you get uh, for courses or things like that? Brianna? Um Well, with Maddie, it's not very, it's not known that I, I help her out every week of, um, you know, when she comes to the school for the masses and she comes and gives me a big hug, but I'm never questioned about it. Um, with my brother, there is um, teachers who have worked with him in the past, and I go to a different high school than he did, so um, they've switched over to my high school, and they know, oh, you're Adam's sister, oh, okay, and um, I've gotten the recognition there, and I help out with a, um, it's a, basically a semi-formal for all of the special needs students in the, uh, the school district, and they ask me every year if I'll I'll be one of the models for the pictures that they take with the kids, and so that's that's the recognition that I get, and I'm I'm very happy with it. So, okay, Angela, just on the same point about recognition in schools, I'm, I'm from the university world, and I've long since forgotten what high school was about. Right, but. This question of credits or recognition of a formal recognition that you've completed something that contributes to your education, is it there in the schools? And if it isn't, should it be? Um, it's not in the schools, but I think it's a very interesting idea. I don't know um, how it would play out, but I think that that would be an amazing thing for us to do would be to provide some recognition and credit. I mean, we do it for other things, right? I mean, um, you know, I know even kids who take piano, for example, can can receive a high school credit for that if they've kept up with piano through, you know, their childhood and, and through high school. So I think if we can do it in recognition of, you know, musical ability, I'm sure we can do it for something, you know, just as important, if not more in some ways, um, and recognize youth for, you know, what they've done in their home, which is also in their community, right, in terms right. of volunteer Absolutely. recognition even. Great. Brian, I want to ask you, 
this is the final question for you. What's your message to young caregivers or to young people who you think would make good caregivers? Well, to the people who are caregivers, um, they have to know that every little thing that you do for the people that look up to you uh, in their life, it's, it's not going unnoticed. You're not, you know, hiding under a rock with this person. People are, outsiders are noticing what you do, and good will come to you uh, for everything that you do for the people that you help. So if, you know, if you're having a bad day, just think of what you do and just know that you're, you're making a difference for the people that you help. So, Right. Strong message. Angela, what's your message? I really like Brianna's message. I think I would say that I hope that our young caregivers, as they arrive at our, you know, at our door, that they know that they're not alone, that other people are doing this, and that other people recognize what they're doing and um, that they are important. Um, that what they do is so valuable and so significant and, and also that um, we can help them. We can be a support to them. Right. Now, in winding up, because unfortunately our time is coming to an end, um, I just wanted to say to you both that your messages all, of, all the way through are encouraging, they're wonderful, and they need every scrap of support that the broader community uh, can provide. And one of the ways, and obviously I've got a bit of a vested interest here, so forgive me, one of the ways of getting the message out is this kind of thing, of talking on radio. And uh, uh, afterwards I'll explain to you how you can use what you've been saying on this show uh, to help get the message around to whoever you think should hear it. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that the message that those who do, the young people who do the caregiving, um, are not just benefiting from it, they're growing. It's helping them move. It's helping them uh, it's feel better about themselves. That, that's not meant to be patronizing. patronizing. It's reflecting what Brianna said, that she felt her strength. Um, she felt that um, um, she was able to do all kinds of things that might have not been so uh, uh, you know, kind of encouraging to her in the past. So that's another very powerful thing that needs sharing. And then I think the idea, too, of – I know we passed over it <laughs> – but the very fact that you are, all of you, working so closely – with people who need help and who, if they can stay at home and live reasonable lives and be happy, as happy as, as, happy as Brianna and as you've been describing, then everybody benefits, the family, the people with the particular health problems, the young carers, but also the community and ultimately the healthcare system. So that's my political point that we need all of us to get this message around that this is the way to go. So I am now going to say that we have um, a story here that's well worth uh, broadcasting. 
it's going to be broadcast, and I hope it's going to be rebroadcast. And one of the little bits, and this, is, this isn't homework I'm setting for you, but you know, some of us could get together and write up the story that you've been explaining, both of you, and get that published in a newspaper or somewhere, because I think it would be very interesting for, for people to read. So I'm not going to ask you to say yes or no to that, because that would be unfair. But that's the kind of effect you've both had on me. So once again, thank you very much, both of you, and every success to you in everything you do, careers, college, the work you're doing. Now, in our next episode, we'll be talking about home automation, things family caregivers should think about. So to our listeners, please join us, same time, same spot on the Internet. Talk to you then. Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And until then, we hope our program will help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. And I do appreciate you being Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff and management.